재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 We're back. We are continuing our special discussion on the Sewol Ferry disaster. Uh, tomorrow is the official anniversary, and you know there will be a lot of official uh, ceremonies taking place. One question that still remains, and we've been talking about this ad nauseum over the past two years, uh, including today, is safety and uh, the priority given to safety awareness and whether that is an intrinsic part or not in Korean society and whether there have been improvements made. Also, the idea of whether society can come together, whether it's in the political realm, whether it's just neighbors, whether it's between people who have differences. Give us your thoughts. Again, text us at pound 1013 or send us a Kakao Talk message. The text is 51. The Kakao Talk message is free. We have joining us on the line from Seogang University Department of Religious Studies, Professor Sam Young-won, and from Asan Institute for Policy Studies Senior Research Fellow, uh, Dr. Kim. Thank you both for joining us once again. Uh, Dr. Kim, once again, safety protocols, infrastructure, and we know, even though we haven't had a full-on Uh, extensive inquiry that there were a lot of problems there, um, whether it was inspections, whether it was approval of the boats, whether it was how Cheongyejin Marine was able to mm-hmm. grease the wheels and, and get by on certain things. Do we have structural reforms that are now in place, or has it been more of that typical government reacting, knee-jerk reaction, put a couple band-aids on the fix, like destroy the Coast Guard, and then mm-hmm. that's it? Well, there are some efforts made. Um, according to the news articles I read, um, they say that there are some changes since the incident. Uh, for example, like there are more thorough ID check of the passengers and also safety examinations by uh, the Ministry of Oceans and Fisheries, uh, and that, that got much uh, better and also stricter. But um, this positive change is not everywhere. And according to the Ministry of Public Safety and Security, there were 2,740 ferry incidents which killed 112 people in 2015. Mm. This is a number that twice as high as the average number of three years of incidents uh, between uh, 2012 and 2014. So doing something, but it's not enough. Uh, and also, I happened to read some special issue report by uh, the Kyongyang Daily uh, newspaper about the safety protocol since this whole incident. And the same thing, like, you know, some efforts are made, but it's not prevalent. It's not everywhere. So uh, not just the regulation made by government, but uh, in, like a practical effort should be also made on site. Right. We could think of that number from 2015 as a statistical I guess, deviation or mm-hmm. a, a bit of an outlier uh, with, with what, what we see as variants. But anecdotally, just looking yeah. at it, you go, well, uh, has there really been some fundamental right. improvements made? Professor Sa, um, as a theologian, and someone can be a Buddhist or a Christian or, or a Muslim, but how important is the role of religion in terms of for people finding comfort or finding um, healing or closure through disasters like this? Well, as I said earlier, friends of mine have lost their son, and I, I've been working hard at trying to, to, to help them to go through this ordeal. And actually, there's not much to say. There, none of my words, no matter how profound they may be, will make their son come back to life. And... Uh, all religions 
will acknowledge that life is not easy. Buddhists say that it is suffering, that it is an ocean of suffering. Christians say that every human being has to carry his cross throughout his life, day after day. And at the same time, religions, you talked about Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, they all talk about either a paradise after, after this life, after going through the sufferings of this life, the kingdom of God for the Christians, and the nirvana for the Buddhists. But it is not enough to talk about a, a future life. What, is, what matters most for everybody is this present life. The hope in a better life after this one helps people to go through hardships. But it's more important for religions to stand beside the families of the victims to make them feel that they're not forgotten and that they will not be forgotten until some kind of justice uh, comes to the surface. And I can say that all religions in Korea, without any exceptions, have been doing a lot of good work to side with the families of the victims. They've played their role. It is, of course, an important part of people's lives, uh, but obviously there is also an important role to be played by government, Dr. Kim. And mm-hmm. right after the Seoul Ferry tragedy, there was a concert in Pangyo where the, uh, there was a collapse of the event. Right. Many people lost their lives there. Uh, subsequently, and this is not necessarily a, a natural disaster, but the MERS outbreak came in, and then a lot mm-hmm. of people felt that the government adequately prepare for, for that outbreak. Why are we seeing a continuation of this vicious vicious cycle? Something bad happens, maybe people feel government didn't respond well, there's a public outcry, and then the government says, okay, we fixed this, we have a control tower or whatever, and this is going to be the solution, but it doesn't seem to be. Well, I mean, even though you say you fix it, you cannot fix all. <laughs> and the Pango uh, accident, um, you know, is kind of accumulated things. Uh, we live it that way. And uh, well, I mean, you need a persistent outcry, persistent request to the government. But uh, from the people's side, I'm not really sure people are really doing it because you know, my offices are located in the Gwanghamun area and there are several very families are protesting um, yeah. in, in front of Gujimundok's statue. No one really pays attention to it. Mm. And the thing that is, we would like to forget it. That's the, yeah. the our state of mind. Uh, but maybe... and. Maybe particularly the government would like to forget it. Um, but in that sense, I think the, uh, a lot of blame should go to the government. I mean, after all, it, this is the government's job to protect its people, and we are paying for it. Uh, so it should, have, it should have an initiative to uh, thoroughly investigate the in, uh, incident, which it, that the government did not really do in the right way, and the right regulations um, that uh, would prevent this from happening again. And in this regard, um, I'm not really sure the park administration has the will and uh, to take the full responsibility for not happening again. So I don't know. I, mm. I think government needs more action. Government needs more action. Now, Professor Saw, you did point out that uh, you hope everyone can leave aside the politics on this. You feel the issue has been politicized too much. Uh, but and and you also mentioned how religion can play a role in comfort. But for 
people like your friend who lost their only son, um, no words can actually bring that complete comfort. If the government had any ability to provide comfort, you mentioned a full-on increase. What do you think they can further do to provide any source of, I guess, sense of solace for the victims' families aside from what they've been doing now? Well, a lot of people feel that they're not satisfied with the the law regarding the the ferry that has collapsed, the Sewalho law. But it seems that now there are political changes in the country and maybe that law will be improved. Mr. Anshalsu has said that he was party was willing to change that law and to make it more satisfactory. But I, I would think that we should not rely too much upon government officials and political parties or a new government or even a new president. I think that every one of us, now I'm a Korean citizen, I have to work at transforming, you know, the security culture of this country. Yeah. It begins, you know, in the way we drive, the way we, yeah. we cross streets, the way we respect green lights and, and red lights. I think that expecting too much from the government may be quite disappointing in the long run. The government has to play its role, but we should not wait for the government to do what we have to do. A man who's in charge of the security to check if a boat is ready to, to sail or not, has to do his work. That's it. And the, the, the president of the country is not going to do that job instead of that man. We say old habits die hard. It's people take time to understand that mm. those strategies are not that far away from them, that we are all concerned about them, and that we are all have a responsibility to transform this country into a better one. That is another very important point. Uh, remember, you can give us your opinions text us at pound 1013 for 51 6567 says nothing has changed more maritime accidents in 2015 as dr kim pointed out lacks enforcement everywhere the government didn't inspect several properly corrupt corporations dead kids shameful so again i think that is a, a common sentiment still shared by people to follow up on what professor Sajja said dr kim we can blame the authorities we can mm -hmm. blame the government for for a lot of the faults but just anecdotally mm -hmm. um people still drive like maniacs out there even and then you can okay the poor pedestrians but then the pedestrians i, I w go home to my parking garage uh, there was these two moms and they had their three various kids on their scooters and they were just racing around in the parking lot without even looking and this is during the uh rush hour when all the cars coming back oh. home i had to slam on my brakes because this kid just came right in front of me but the mom is just with the other mom kind of on their smartphone oh. they're talking they're not even looking at the kids and it kind of made uh. me angry because you know, yeah. obviously, it's it's my responsibility to make sure I don't hit the kid, but right. there is also a sense of responsibility that a right. person who thinks of safety would go, this is not the mm -hmm. best time to have the kids kind of just racing around with their scooters. So in, in culturally, how many do you think there's? we have to sort of point the finger at ourselves as well? Well, I'm not sure if we can go that deep, like a cultural inheritance. Okay, okay. Um, well, yeah, that also makes me really angry. The moms are not really taking yeah, care of the kids. Right. They pay attention to them and they're just so busy doing the smartphone. Um, well, but if you're talking about the safety issues, in particular, Hewell Ferry um, and other accidents happens, uh, I, it is true that we are insensitive to safety issues for many reasons. Um, and I think that is rather a product of economic development periods. 
um, we had to accomplish a lot of things in a short period of time, like economic growth and political democratizations. And of course, we are successful to a certain degree. But by doing so, we were accustomed to the taking a shortcut. Bali, bali. Yeah. And also doing it easily. And also, maybe we can set aside something that doesn't really look very urgent. For example, in the economic development period, like a labor company relations and social welfare and also those, those things. Um, because we had a really big grand goal, like economic prosperity and the growth. So we always thought, oh, yeah, these things can be done later. So even though this shortcut may create a disaster in the long term, in the long run, um, but and if all those safety concerns and other humanely important issues that and if they do not really help or it may slow down our pace of development or even cost some money, then people tend to consider them as a hurdle, not something to be resolved and something to be done um, before we move on. So only the result and outcomes really matter. You know, in the Korean school, in the kids and the moms, they say, oh, yeah, the first prize, who's, and if the kid got a really good grade, so is it the, you're the only one who got this grade or something right. like that? Always compare and always we have the outstanding and always the outcome should be the best. And then we do not really care the procedure, the how it is resulted from. So... I think simply put, uh, we haven't learned to do things in the right way. And we only focus and very cared a lot about the outcomes and basically yeah. skipping the ABCs. Yeah, and that looks like, uh, unfortunately, it's still the case today. Uh, Professor Sub, before you go, do you have any final words of comfort uh, for our listeners as uh, we head to tomorrow and this uh, very somber where people still feel a lot of sadness and perhaps in some respects anger? Well, I arrived in Korea some more than 30 years ago, in 1984, and ever since South Korea has evolved considerably. It was a dictatorship, now it's a democracy, and it's been a democracy since 1987. It's the hell of a long time. And the military has remained quiet. They've not tried to make a coup d'etat. In a number of ways, Korea has made a tremendous amount of progress, and it is still making progress. What has happened with the sinking of the Sewol Ho and the the resulting loss of life will will never be forgotten. It's impossible. The country will be deeply transformed by this tragedy. And out of the, 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 the loss of life will come a tremendous amount of, of life. The living conditions, the security of this country over the years will be uh, drastically improved because this tragedy. Has. Koreans are smart people. They learn. And uh, I'm very optimistic. And, and we hope everyone else also shares that optimism going forward as well. Obviously, uh, sometimes uh, easier said than done. Professor Saw, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate your insights. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, before we let you go, Dr. Kim, and again, uh, you are, you are mm-hmm. a, a political expert, and so it is imp- impossible to sort of avoid some of these issues involved with it. It seems like the timing is quite remarkable with what happened uh, February, I mean, April 13th during the general elections a couple of days ago. And of course, now this big anniversary that we're going to have tomorrow. But 
when you talk about legacy and you talk about if you think of prior presidents, maybe with uh, the former president, Im Young-bak, of course, there were other parts of the legacy, but a lot of people remember, let's say, the Four Rivers Reclamation Project or the, the uh, resumption of the import of U.S. beef, which caused such a big social uh, issue. Uh, for, for this current president, for President Park, will this Hewell Ferry tragedy be a big part of the legacy, you feel? I mean, obviously, historians... 20 years from now might have a different idea, but or do you think this will just fade and in time people will talk about other things? Well, it will remain in the history, although people would like to forget because it's too painful to remember. Um, well, I'd like to say something to the Korean people and the listeners. Uh, I remember that one of the interviews, uh, the, you know, the uh, late Elizabeth uh, Edwards, who is a wife of Senator uh, John Edwards, who passed away of cancer. And I saw an interview uh, of hers with Oprah Winfrey. And, I saw that one too. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. And in that interview, because John Edwards and Elizabeth Edwards, uh, they lost his, their first kid, uh, and then when she was asked, because she was already diagnosed uh, with the cancer and she knew that she is going to die. And when she was asked, oh, well, aren't you afraid of, you know, dying? And then uh, Mrs. Edwards said, well, not at all, because it is the way to get to her son who passed away uh, already. And that's probably the sentiment all the parents would have who has the kids uh, died before them. Um, we have not saved those lives, particularly the kids, and whole nation had to watch um, these innocent kids and people are drowning. So you cannot never imagine what kind of feeling uh, and the sentiment those parents would have and how painful it would be uh, for them this time of the year particularly. So please never, not even kindly, tell them to forget and move on. Um, I think you can never move on if you're a parent uh, who lost a kid in that yeah. way. And let them mourn as long as possible. And I personally think the saying move on is really brutal behavior in the name of condolence. And maybe it's just for your own comfort. Yeah. So before we build a country equipped with all better safety protocols or whatever, I think we should be equipped with empathy and patience and the civility. It's so many uh, amazing points uh, made there that really just come to mind. First of all, with the Ed Elizabeth Edwards interview, I remember back as a younger person, I, I added a support for John mm -hmm. Edwards as a candidate because I thought, okay, I'm going to be pragmatic this time. I'm not going to go for the weird leftist guy. I'm going to go for a guy who I think is appealing to general election really just goes to show as a voter, yeah. wow, that could have been a huge, of course, that big scandal that occurred. But mm -hmm. with the kids and you say and as parents of kids you think i would never want my kid to even go to an environment like that and how yeah. do you prevent that from happening in korea and it feels like it's impossible to avoid that kind of situation all kids go to high school all kids have these kind of trips all kids might be in that situation and there's really no way you can prepare for it and if it can't be prevented i suppose it is important that you say we can't forget what happened in the past if that's mm -hmm. fading from the memory then what what was the silver lining? There would be no silver lining from this no. tragedy. And that's why a lot of even, you hate to politicize it, a lot of people I saw on the online comments were upset because during the general elections, a lot of people went for mm -hmm. the opposition. But the Tanwan, that Ansan district, that particular district, yeah. 
went for the government, and so a lot of people were kind of flabbergasted. But it really just goes to show that the politics are so complex behind it, and the way society reacts to it is something that's impossible to predict, right? Well, that is actually the uh, split of the vote. So, yeah, there was a split of the two opposition parties. Right, so that right. is the result of it. So, well, some people say, oh, yeah, look at Tanon people. I mean, they are the people who were actually victims, but still voting for the Tanon party. I think it's kind of unfair. Yeah, it is uh, unfair, and uh, it is something that I think a lot of people will tomorrow also mm-hmm. continue to think about. Uh, Dr. Kim, is always wonderful discussion, and we always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And before I say goodbye, uh, we're going to, of course, uh, keep this Hello Fairy tragedy in our minds tomorrow as uh, we uh, go through the commemoration ceremonies. The big announcement has been that the Ministry of Oceans and Fisheries uh, did forecast that the ferry will be raised out of the off, uh, water around July if the weather holds up, they will try to keep it intact and they will all try to find the nine um, missing children that the current parents are still wondering about and hopefully trying to get some closure with. As far as those events uh, scheduled, uh, there will be all over the country. The most notable one taking place uh, will be at Pengmok Harbor at Jindo County, which was, of course, the main center of activity for rescue and salvage efforts, as well as a gathering place for the victims' families for many months uh, following that disaster. So uh, before we say goodbye and take a break for the weekend, we, of course, here at Primetime would like to offer our condolences in support of the families still grieving from that loss. And we do hope you have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you on Monday for another edition of Primetime. My name is Henry Shin. Goodbye.